good what's popping how's y'all doing how's y'all day going welcome to another one of my podcasts thank you guys so so much for tuning in y'all are the real mvps if you're new here welcome it's me ay and i'm passionate about talking and being your friend guys on today's episode i'm going to be talking to jagere olamide avi he is a product designer and a product manager at zone tech park zone tech park is a technology product development company that workforce grow and as a product designer is responsible for creating digital products that are functional accessible pleasing and usable while also ensuring that the product solves the user's problem and meets the business goals and as a product manager is responsible for managing a product from its conception stage all the way through its launch this means that he is in charge of leading and managing the cross functional team for a product it's really nice to have you on here harry hey, nice to be here too. um so harry could you like give us insight into how you got started with product design and product management which one did you come in contact with first did you like transition in between roles while yet for all the time okay okay so um to start with i got into product design first right i think i got into product design three years ago um so where do i start i think getting into ui in 2015 and that's like the beginning of everything yeah so when when i resumed school then obviously i didn't start out as a product designer because <laughs> I, started, I i got into ui to study computer science right yeah. so admission in 2014 well, because of powers that be, you know, also and all that, we didn't resume till 2015. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, prior to resumption in school then, I started learning front-end development, HTML and CSS and whatnot, you know, so I felt on top of the world then, learning that. So um, resume school, didn't learn anything for a while because, I mean, school, school work was a lot, on the level, running for lectures. So I just decided that, man, this running for lectures is not for me anymore. So it's on the level, I was, I was much more wiser. I started to take the front-end development stuff pretty serious. You know, there were guys in my class that I started coding and all that. You know, so it was like, I think we are all coming into the tech world at the same time. So I started learning. Uh, I already learned HTML and CSS. So I just like improved myself, learned accessibility, learned um, proper styling, responsive design and all that. Then encountered Bootstrap. Well, while I was learning front-end, I enjoyed it, but I didn't fully I enjoy it in the sense that most times I didn't really have control. So I found out that because the way I learned me basically was to copy stuff, see a website and then try to replicate that website in my code and all that, yeah. But that was yeah. not enough for me. I realized that I was mostly more interested in the way the website looked at that moment or the way apps look. So so something that came to me like passively because I, I found out that I kept on, you know, obsessing about how stuff look in general, right? And then I just said that, let me even go on Google and search for this thing I'm always obsessed, like what's it about? So I think I searched for um, the product development process, right? And then I saw stuff like research, you know, UX design, and then front-end development, and then the back-end, and then QA testing and all that. And I like, mm. well, I don't really enjoy coding. I could do it, but I didn't really enjoy it. You understand what I'm saying, yeah? Didn't give me a job. I was like, let me let me try something else. And then I stumbled on um, design in general. So when I stumbled on design, I stumbled on the wrong part of design, by the way. I stumbled on graphic graphic design. <laughs> and my friends, my friends remember then I tried my hand, I tried my hand, I was pretty good at this. I was pretty good at it. And I was like, this is not this is still not the design that I want because I mean when people are a graphic designer and it seems that comes to the head is logos, posters, I wasn't what I was for stuff like that i wanted to design apps design software you know the experience and all that so i think i had a chat with one of my uncle then he's in tech so he used to work in tech already so i had a chat with him and i was like ah proud there's this thing you are ux design or something like that so that was that was literally way he said it was something like that so i was like oh something like that okay okay Maybe in the, in the research and all that went on google again google is your friend by the way everybody google is your friend so i went on google again 
UIUX design, I'm like, okay, user interface design, user experience design, all right, all right, big words, big words, big words everywhere, you know, no problem. So I think then um, we went on strike, praise Apple for that strike, and then I literally took that time to study a lot. You know, com- coming across UIUX resources then was not so easy because there was a lot of tech, a lot of tech everywhere, and then you have to make sure that you are reading the right thing and all that for. Mm-hmm. I was quite fortunate enough to be able to um, discern what was good and what was not. When I think about it now, I just got any formal learning and I started the UI UX and all that. Fortunately for me, I um, came back in 300 level and all that. I was getting the angle of UI UX design and I was still doing front end, front end design generally. Then it was time for CWS. Yeah? I got an internship as a web developer in town because I mean, then in school, they said that we had to code and all that for our internship to make sense. So <laughs> that, was all, that, was, that was all we were all looking for. Internship where, yeah, you remember now, uh, Dr. Kiola saying, you know, if you don't code, your internship, blah, 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 and all that. I'm like, okay, okay. There was a lot of emphasis. Ah, Jesus, there was a lot of emphasis on coding, you know. You must learn how to code. You must know Java. You must know that. Oh, for passing the exams, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, like I'm speaking for myself. Yeah, I don't, I don't know for others, but I just, I just need to pass my exam. Yeah. So, yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. I got my internship with CK Digital. CK Digital is like a digital agency in Lagos. They're like one of the leading digital agencies in Nigeria. So I was very, very fortunate to get my internship with them. And then, funny story, I almost lost the internship because what happened there? I think that was when online class sent us home. You remember that time that I sent us home indefinitely? Go yeah, yeah. because 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 students were protesting for free mode or something then <laughs> so I got sent us home then then I remember that before before they sent us home was it, was it after we got back I was about to write GS exam I was on GS exam we were about to write in this case in CBN somebody just told me to check my Instagram DMs and I checked my Instagram DMs and I saw a message from CK Digital asking the hi alarm day, we reviewed your profile, we like the application and all that. So I guess we have a little bit of zoom for the internship. I was like, wow, just like that. Man, we got an internship, you know. So I was like, yeah. okay, 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 okay. This, this, this is looking good, this is looking good. So right then and then, yeah, I sent an email to them. So they're like, that. what exactly would I want to specialize in? So I explained to them that in as much as I got um selected for the internship with them as a web developer intern, uh, I really like to explore UI UX design. And then you were like, yeah, yeah, yeah that, that, that's fine. That they just, they just got a senior designer working with them that it will be happy to put me through and all that. And that was it. Moving to my internship in August. I was there for about eight months. We went to there for six months, but Asu came through again, you know. So I think, I think Asu tries have kind of benefited me more often than us. Internship was for about eight months and I learned a lot. I mean, I learned a lot during my session. When I go back, I was like, this, this guy, I'm like, man, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not playing with you people anymore. No, no, my shoulder wasn't high. Funny enough, my shoulder wasn't high because I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't code a lot during my internship yet. So during my internship, I became a product designer. You understand? Because, you know, being a product designer, you need to be able to understand the UX part of design. UX part is the user experience part user interface part, you know, the coming together, the business part and all that. And sometimes it's good to be able to code out your designs. I mean I say code, I don't mean um cutlane and all that. So I mean like just being able to translate your your designs into static HTML and CSS protocols. And I could do that. And I was very good at it. I was told I was very good at it. But mm-hmm. so yes, yeah, like that was like very good for me. We came back into school, four hundred level, I think oh I got I go I got a remote job. So um, through my friend Arinze, I got remote. So I, I, I would say that during my during my career, yeah, as short as I think three years, still a bit short. Though as short as that, I've been very very fortunate with the kind of people I've had around me. You know, people that have prepared me up for gigs. I remember this remote job I was doing into now for through Arinze. And you know, of course, you know Arinze. So Arinze is my my friend from school, yeah. And then Arinze was like, "All I'm doing is this where I'm working. You need to where you design, and I know that you can design and all that." And this was someone that, yeah, I didn't even think I really, I really had seen my design then, but yeah, yeah, just had that. I could do it and all that. And that was it, man. Got the job, started designing for them and all that. It didn't, it didn't really work out well for us, so not, not in terms of the job itself, because 
the relationship management. So I left. Then I think I only left after I left to Kerala. Then after that, there was another Asu strike again. Praise Asu! <laughs> so, big big shout out, big shout out to Asu, you know, big shout out to Asu. So you know there was, there was another Asu strike again. I think this was this was now when we when four hundred dead. Yeah, I think first semester had gone, right? And then UI was trying to like rush us, you know, try to ensure that we finished the academic session that year. And boom, accident, accident at headshot. Yeah. yeah, they came through again. They like their strike. Oh, ah. So, um, prior to the strike, eh, I was already like applying for jobs because I mean, I was trying to rush us through the academic year and all that. And then they were like, we should try and finish. So I was already preparing for life after school. I already had this plan that man, after school, like this, from done with you, I want to get a job and all that. So I, I applied for I applied for a product designer role at Mobia. Funny story, someone posted something on Twitter about design work here, and in the comment section, Mobia posted a link going to apply to a job. And then I was like, ah, let me just shoot my shot, you know, shooting your shot did not kill anybody. So I applied, I shot my shot, and then I got the I got the role. So maybe, maybe I shot the guy that, that the role was intended for, but I mean, it is what it is, you know. You grab it. Okay. You, you grab your opportunities. Like, I got, I got the role, yeah, and the interview was very, very straightforward. It was just, they, they, they had seen my portfolio, and then the CEO then just called me and was like, oh, I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you, blah, 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 blah. We want you to come and start working for us. I was like, okay, okay. I, was, I had to explain. I was still in school, though. Like, I was like, do you want me to come to Lagos for an interview? He said, no, 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 no. I'm having the interview with you right now. And then during the interview, he was not even asking me any design stuff, you know. And yeah, I was, you know, reading the night before, like, what's your UX? What's your design process like? What's it like? What, what would you say is good design? I already studied on all those things and I was ready, you know, ready for my examples. Yeah. I was going to drop. We are going to be dropping all the design terms and all that. And this was the interview. Looks <laughs> like a normal, looks <laughs> like a normal phone call. Get asked me about school and what, and he just told me that I should just come to Lagos come and check out the office. If I like the office, found to work with them. I was like, oh wow, just like that. Okay. I called my friend, Ayo, Toby and me. Shout out, shout out to my boys. <laughs> I called my friends and then they were like, and then they were like, Madu, Madu, Madu. So, yeah, I, was, I went to Lagos that same day, signed the agreement, came back to Baden, and then I was to resume the next week. And so, this was me going to Lagos, you know, resuming as a full time product designer, physical office, and whatnot. And then I'll say, my, my time at Mobina was, was what really like elevated my career because, like, I gained a lot. I gained a lot. My first day, like, this, boom. They already put me into a thing. So I'm there, I've been expecting you. They're working on because they wanted me to resume the next day. I told them, no, no, no. I have to go back to the bar to bring my stuff. You know, they sorted out accommodation for me and all that. You know, like, wow. is this how, is this how product designer likes you? No, this is boring, you know. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was, you know, like, I, I, I never even graduated from uni and these people already providing accommodation. You have this free lunch, do this, uh, transport allowance, data allowance, the MacBook Pro if you wanted one. I was like, okay, okay. I think, I think, I think this is it. I think I chose the right career path. <laughs> so that, so that, so that, yeah, yeah, of course. So, you know, I came in that Monday and then boom, they're like, Lambda, we want you to work on this project. I think then that was a project for, um, Pan Atlantic University. We had this museum that they were building, the EMC Shillong Museum. The sponsor of the museum, French MC Shilon, he has like the largest collection of artworks in Africa. And then he wanted to build a museum to house some of those artworks, you know, still on display and all that. Like, I don't think he's working. I'm like, wow, wow, just like that. Just like that. I had not graduated from university yet. And then I was working on a project for another university. I was like, okay. So that project was really, really enlightening for me because I took the project from scratch, you know, the old, Understanding the business goals, competitor analysis, researching users, growing up personnel, and all these things. That part was really, really crazy for me. And so during, it was during that time that I kind of stumbled a bit into product management here. Yeah. So like, I like to think like, if I had 
answer, I, I'm more of that. If you ask me, where do you see yourself in five years in an interview? I can come up with an answer because it's something I've thought about. And so down the line, yeah, I always thought that I was like, after a while, maybe when I'm like 30 something, of course, I don't want to be pushing pixels all my life, you know. Maybe I'll transition into being a product manager. My time at Mognia was during the access strike. I was called off strike, you know. I had to go back to school, finish up with school. And then during that period of school, right, um, the remote work wasn't really working anymore because my project, hey, my final year project, so, <laughs> so like I needed time to, to complete my project because, you know, I had procrastinated and procrastinated. They gave us a deadline that you have to submit your project and so so and so did come for your defense and all that. Like, hey. <laughs> this is true. We still have projects to you know, I had to like, focus on my project. And that time they were about to move me on to a new product and I had to tell them that, sorry, I love you guys, you know, but I have to love my project more at this point if I want to graduate. Also, I thought I resigned then much to the, to the pain of myself and the company. I resigned and then I had to focus, you know, with school. You know, I had resigned already and then I was like, ah, God, I'm back in the job market again. I had a fantastic job and then this, this school made me drop this job because of my naive people. So I was like, okay now, okay now. <laughs> so I was like, okay now, okay. You know, the funny thing is, I can understand where you're coming from. A lot of us back then, we just were not feeling good for an IA project too, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> like, like, I don't think I started to work on my project until like, maybe one month. I see. So, so, so that one month. Submit it. So that, it was that one month. So <laughs> that one, again, shout out to my boys again, because I just remember this. So we're like, I think it was four of us. Toby, Ioni, and I, you know, We'll go in, we'll go to newsroom. We had to channel 10, unlimited. We'll all just sit down, working on our project, working on our project. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. overnight. Sometimes you want to work on projects. Sometimes you play game and you forget. Ah, God. Yeah, we're so serious thing, but we thank God. Everybody's, everybody's doing really well now. So then I was like, ah, I'm back in the job market again. I'm like, hey, God, what's, what's happening? What's happening? So, you know, I applied for a couple of jobs. Go, I applied for about four jobs then. I got interviews for four of them. There was one I had to come, there was one I had to send in my application. Then I had, I had, then Kuda Bank was, um, Kuda Bank. But then they were, then they were Kudu, they were Kudu Money Africa, not Kuda Bank, before they, before they changed to Kuda Bank. Right. So I had an interview with them, you know, sent in my application, came to Lagos for the interview with the CEO, Bob. He, he reached out to me on LinkedIn. And I was like, am I interested? And I was like, ah, I'm like, see God, see God. Me that I just fired. I mean, me that I just resigned. <laughs> me, that, me that I just resigned for, for my job, you know, I got some offers for me. And I was like, okay. So at the interview, and I like, I had to come to Lagos for the final interview, just to have a one-to-one chat. They wanted to see me. I was like, what if people saw me over the internet now? Well, I know I'm a fine boy and all that, so, but I mean, it's understandable. So I'll come to your office. <laughs> so I'll come to your office, come and see you. So, yeah, so I had the interview with them then, and then I had, they, they gave me the job, like, in principle, right? So it was word of mouth, yeah, you've been given this job, right? So I had some other interviews after that, that I was happy that I did not decline because Kuda Bank had given me that product designer job in principle. So one of them was, um, product designer interview at Workforce. So, I was only going to about two weeks to come for all the interviews and all that, yeah? <laughs> then the day I was waiting to travel back to Ibadan, someone just told me to check my mail before, before I, before I book, um, go back to go to the garage. And then I checked my mail, so, um, on one day, they're inviting you for an interview this morning at Workforce Roof, Zone, Bagada, blah, 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 blah. Okay, let me just go there. So, I originally carried my bag, I was going to travel back to Ibadan, so I carried my bag, what? went for, <laughs> That is madness. I, 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 yeah, because I was like, after the interview, I'm just, I'm just popping in for the interview and then I'm going out. That was the plan. So I came in for the interview with about five of us. I was like, hey, George, this is, this is what I'm looking for. Next people. The interview ended up being a, a whole day day. Because that could be like an exercise. I wasn't even prepared for any exercise. Like, I, I would say I've got to the stage where I'm comfortable enough as a designer to be ready to go at the moment, you know. So, like, if you don't mind, this so and so 
work on this task and all that. And then you just give us some very one-liner, one a one-liner. As a product designer, you expected to be able to think through vague requests you know, and try to flesh out details and all that from a very, very vague request. It was a really, really challenging interview. I mean, all my interviews have been, have been pretty much cause-based, cause-based. And here was an interview that was really going to challenge me as a product designer, you know. That was an interview that made me know that, ah, forget, I started this work. <laughs> that was an interview that made me know that, yeah, I started this work. So, they went for the interview. The whole day, you know, I was there for, I was last finished. I was like, ah, around the day, say you are good, say you are good, everybody finished before you. Like, okay, now, get us to be here. So I submitted, I submitted to the lead designer then, Elijah, it's my G now, because we have a work colleagues now. Submitted to Elijah there, and Elijah was like, wow, 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 come tomorrow for the next interview. I was like, great, ah, around this, yeah, yeah, good stuff, you know. When my man was like, ah, I wanted to travel to Badon, man, so I have to miss out on Lamala for about two days now. No wala, sir, no wala. So, you know, it was either Amala or a job. I'm allowed a job, I'm allowed to, of course, you know the obvious, you know the obvious answer now. You know, I came back the next day. What am I allowed to talk about? Uh, you know now, you know now, you know now, you know now. See, eh, even in Ibadan, eh, it doesn't even have to be a Malas guy. Any Amala in Ibadan is lit. As far as not from UI cafeteria, so yeah. I admit, I admit that experience, you know, so that the job is going to allow us to buy Amala as much as we want later on. Of course, I, I, I choose the job. Say no. I came the next day and straight up inside my interview. So the density of mass military son was like, man, saw your solution to the exercise and all I'm I was blown away. And Matt has this way of gesticulating that you really feel the impact of what it was in my mind. I was, I was, I was being all cool and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I did well, but in my head I was like, hey, all I'm here, you are both dead. <laughs> Well, outside, I was, I was very cool, you know. I, I folded my hands, <laughs> I was sitting straight, you know, proper interview etiquette and all that. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. So they asked me how my experience was. I think for my answers and the way I fleshed out my solution, yeah. So apparently, so during my second interview, I found out that I was the only one that wrote a case study for my solution. So that was why I was the last person to finish. Right, so... The other participants in the interview, or the other applicants in the interview, both submitted their design and all that. But I was the only one that explained my process, first out a detailed UX key study of what the problem was, how I found the solution to the problem, then constraints, then next steps going forward and all that. I was the only one that did that. And it was really, really impressed. And then right then and then on the spot, Mark offered me the product manager role. <laughs> so I was like, my head, I was like, what? So I, I had to clarify everything. I said, I said, I remember saying, um, sorry, but are you aware I applied for a product designer position? And that was the interview I did yesterday. You were like, yeah, 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 you know, uh-uh. You know, now. This, is not my, this is not my resume, but you want me to come in as a product manager. I was like, okay, since I'm in already, yeah, and I started making demands. Afterwards, I was confident too. I don't know where that confidence came from during the interview. So, my, my, my demand wasn't even about money or anything now. <laughs> in as much as I want to come in as a product manager, yeah, because it was something I saw myself doing down the line, maybe like five years or ten years down the line, yeah. I have to ask him that, would I still be able to design? I want to be able to design because that's like what, what I really enjoy doing. It's stuff I have passion for. And then he was like, yeah, 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 of course, uh, if I still want to design, why not? So, yeah. right then and there, he told me, Olamide, you are our new product designer and product manager that Madu. So the, the other guys that came for the interview, Matthew just told them after oh, my interview that you guys can go now. You guys can go now. We'll, we'll, con- we'll contact you. Well, I remember one girl giving me one stinky eye. And in my mind, I was like, what? I don't care about you, man. I got the job already. So if like, look at me from now to Jesus comes. I got the job. You didn't. In my head, that's what I was saying. But of course, I didn't say that out. I didn't even want to do it after because they wanted me to have a final interview with the executive chairman of Workforce. So I think Workforce is like quite popular in Nigeria already, yeah. And they're like one of all these international standard organizations. So yeah, there's a lot of steps, you know. It's not just like a startup where 
interview just like that to have the job. So even after Master Jedi okayed me, right, as yeah, this is the guy we want, right? I still had to have a final interview with the executive chairman. I was like, hey, good. So imagine, you know, when you get to, and then the next morning, you're like, well, I'm doing one more thing. You have an interview with the executive chairman. I was like, what? Which interview again is that? So, you know, I was pretty confident that if God had taken me to stage one, stage two, I mean, the final stage. And, and so they said it was only a bit technical interview. He just wanted to have a chat with me and all that. So yeah, yeah, I was 11 a.m. two weeks after the second interview in the boardroom, very intimidating boardroom, by the way. And immediately I entered like this, I sat down. I don't know why I sat down. And then the EC, Mr. Boladi, cracked it. He said, "Did I tell you to sit down?" And immediately I stood up back. He said, like, "Don't worry, sit down. Calm down. Calm down. Sit down." I was like, "Okay." I was like this man just ruffled me. I was like, "Man, damn it, man. Allow me get your A game on." And then the first thing the man asked me was. What oil did you stay in in UI? And then I was like, what? Like, what was going on here? And then I was like, I was like, Ted, I was like oh, this interview is over. I was like, hey, just like that, my enemies, my village people, my village people really, really, have really caught up to me this time, you know. And I was like, ah, this is bad. They're about to split go. Yeah, they, they, I was like, they're, they're, I think they are spoiled it already in my mind. They are spoiled. And I was about to leave. Just told me that I'll come back, I'll come back, I am joking again. I was like, oh, Jesus. In my mind, I was like, don't play with me, man. Don't play with me, you know who I am? Well, I was like, okay, sir. And then we had the interview, you know, it was very, very smooth. I was very, very impressed with my answer. And then they asked me one question at the end of the interview that, as a product manager, who should I spend more time with? Is it the users or the developers? And I answered the developers and I was like, I was wrong. Like, except if I can defend my answer, then I defended my answer. And I was like, let this boy start working now. So, the day of my final interview was literally like the first day of my resumption. <laughs> one kind, one kind. So, I did onboarding that day, the next day. They were telling me to come in on Monday. After I had to go to Ibadan again to go and get my stock. So, I was giving a one week break. And then I resumed as a product manager at Don't Tech Park. So, my product manager, management experience, I think it's about one year now. By ending of June, Ah, I'm, I've been a product manager for a while too. <laughs> so, ending of June, that's next month. Yes, right. That was my first year as a product manager, and it's been it's been a lot. It's been crazy. It's been really intense. So yeah, I was you know straight out of university. This has been pretty intense. Yeah, yeah, straight out of university, being a product manager. I was like, what? And I remember my friends gassing me up and all that. <laughs> Yeah, all those boys gassing me up. All I'm doing is PM. All I'm doing follow more will not let me rest. Then PM, any small thing, PM. You're doing with those. You always hype me about being a PM. Then my usual guys, I also Dini. All those boys are like, ah, I'm just a PM now. We cannot, we cannot be talking to him anyhow, you know. <laughs> so you know, I just was, 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 was pretty crazy. You know, was pretty crazy. I, I remember they used to say that since I'm a PM now, that. After that, will she come and work for me or something? I'm like, oh, God, I know they want me. I beg, I beg, I beg, I beg. <laughs> Coming in as a product manager was, it's a, it's a different experience from being a designer, right? There are some places that, that, you know, that are the same, you know, in terms of understanding the users, you know, being the user advocate and all that. For my first month, I did a lot of reading and learning on the job. So fortunately for me, um, I don't take back here, they Three other product managers, there was our head of product, Babajide, fantastic guy, Vincent, senior product manager, another fantastic guy, and Bowe. Bowe was also a product manager, you know, they were all product, they were, they were all product managers that had experience. You know, so it was easy for me to, you know, be able to transition easily because I had those kind of people, right, that were there already, that had experience being product managers, you know, and, Fortunately for me, it was the technology, technology was workspace. I know the culture is in technology workspaces. Everybody's chill with each other and all that, yeah. So that was, that was, was very, very easy for me. Well, not very, very easy, but it was easier than it should have been for me to transition into being a product manager. So all currently right. I'm the product manager for okay. a product called Modition. Okay. It's like an audition enabling platform, you know, that allows talent in general to be able to showcase their skills and all that virtually by participating in competitions online. 
apparently, I think I'll put up on that. Maybe they saw a vision on that time because I mean, it's, it's something that it really comes into place now, especially with the current pandemic going on and people not being able to go for auditions and all that. So the app is basically an app that allows you to do all those things online without the necessary hustling and bustling of moving around for auditions and all that. Yeah, yeah, it's been pretty it's cool, you know. It's been challenging, but it's been, it's been good. A lot, a lot more ups than downs. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty impressive, I would say. Um, so basically, from my understanding of what product design is and what product management is, the app, mm-hmm. I can understand that there are some similarities between those two roles. Yeah. But is there like any striking difference between those? Okay, so the striking difference is as a product manager, yeah. There's a lot more responsibility from your end in terms of interfacing with the different things. So like a product manager is like a mini CEO of a product, right? You are responsible for interfacing with the developers. You are responsible for interfacing with the designers. You are responsible for interfacing with the business guys, the marketing guys. So it's like they are the link that connects everyone else. You understand? But meanwhile, as a product designer, you are just another individual contributor. You are just concerned with the users. Let this thing make sense for the users and let it also make sense for the devs, right? But meanwhile, a product management role is more encompassing because you have to, you have to be on top of the game for everyone else. So I think the other part about being a product manager is interfacing with the business owners because you have to, you have to build and defend the case for your team. So if something is taking too long, you have to be able to explain to them. Why it's taking too long without wanting to put blame on anybody. So it's like, it's always like I feel that always trying to come up with a very, very neutral explanation for whatever is going on, the good part that is going on, the bad part that is going on. And of course, there'll be bad parts. You know, so it's a lot more, it's a lot more stressful, you know, as compared to being a product designer or being maybe a developer or the product manager, you have to be responsible for your work and the work of other people. Okay, so I get a lot of people say that what PMs basically do is just you know text the developers out fast. <laughs> I mean, that's what most developers do. <laughs> Please, can you like clarify so us understand? Like, we're sure that that's what PMs. Do. Okay, okay. So I think I think for devs that say stuff like that, yeah, usually devs that do not have product managers. So PMs come into things, right? Whether you're a product manager or you're a project manager, so they look similar, but they are two different things. So as a project manager, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't do project management, but it's part of the stuff I do as a product manager. A project manager is just interested in timelines. So most days I have that bad experience because they experience a project manager. A project manager does alpha, I omit it. The podcast is going to be ready by 6 p.m. How is the meeting with Olam Day going? You understand? Stuff like that. That's just what they're interested in. But meanwhile, as a product manager, you're responsible for ensuring that even aside from meeting timelines, whatever your team is developing, because functional teams, whatever they're developing, it has to work. It has to meet users' expectations. It has to meet business goals. You understand? Stuff like that. So it's a little bit more different. Yeah, so guys that have product managers on their teams will tell you that the problem is if, if something is going on, Right. If there's a problem, but let, let me use myself as an example. Earlier, earlier this month, our server crashed because we had a lot of requests, about like six requests per second. And we thought we were prepared for that kind of traffic, but apart, we were not. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the server crashed the day a competition submission deadline was meant to end. So you can imagine people wanting to participate in a competition and they are aware that the competition is ending today and then the server crashed. Ay, ay, ay. It was hell for more. And I just woke up that morning and I got a call. Oh, let me do. Your app is down. What is going on? And like, my app is down. I'm like, hold on, I'm coming. I opened the app. My app was, my app was just loading. Endless loop. So like, I see Dr. Strange cast a spell on the app. And I was like, oh God, what's going on? So I had, immediately I had to call my team and tell them that. Because they were not even aware because they were working on something else. I had to tell them that. Guys, I'll have to down you sharp, 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 sharp. We have to take care of this. And I didn't just tell them that we have to take care of this and leave them to take care of this. I also made sure that I was involved in trying to find out what the problem was, at least from the non-technical aspect. 
And, and I was just one that found out what the problem was. Funny enough, apparently our SSL, the security certificate on our main server, did not get auto renewed. But this thing too is still village people because all the other servers, the SSL auto renewed apart from the main server. Can you imagine? So you know, it was an attack. I was also responsible for trying to figure out what happened, what went wrong. I didn't just tell my team that, ah, guys, they are past crisis, so you guys should fix it. You understand? The project manager was just having, when can we fix it? How soon can we get it done? That have been the questions he would have asked. So as a product manager, I was responsible for asking questions that, what exactly happened? When can we fix it? How soon can we get it done? Then, how do we fix it in such a way that we prevent something like that happening again? You understand? So I have gone beyond just fixing the problem and fixing it on time. We're also trying to make sure that we fix the problem and then make sure that something like that doesn't happen again. So we ended up being on a live call for about four hours and then we fixed the problem right before the deadline. So immediately we have to change the deadline from the admin app and straight away we're good to go. We're back in business. But that short period that the app was down got us one star reviews. Ah, Nigerians are unforgiving. The app is just loading one star. I cannot log in one star. This app only for Nigerians, one star. Meanwhile, this was an app that people outside Nigeria were even downloading. I think we had like 80% of our users from Saudi Arabia. I was like, wow, Arabians? Like, okay. And then you, you, you see people say, can I become an, a star through this app? One star. How do you want to become a star? You're giving us one star. Like, explain. You don't want to order what you want to be done to do, you know? So it was really, really crazy. As a product manager here, there's a lot of edits because there's a limit to, to how well you can get people to perform, right? It is still beyond your control. What happens when, what happens when you have a deadline and then the developer that has made work on that office is sick? There's literally nothing you can do at that moment but to manage the situation well with the product owner. I'll say that as a product manager, I, I have I have built up crisis management skills. Like I have practically learned to be unfazed by anything, but if, if I am worried, my team will know that I'm worried, and then they'll start to get worried. So as a product manager, yeah, you're also responsible for ensuring that the heat of the moment does not get to your team. There may be a lot of heat coming from the product owners. Oh, I'm It's not coming up. What's going on? I don't let stuff like that get to my developers. It's my job to also protect them from stuff like that. Being a product manager, is, is, they're basically wearing, wearing a lot of art, especially when I'm a product manager. It's also a product designer. That you are you're asking to be killed. <laughs> well, that helped me through. Well, that really helped me through. And it's been more enjoyable than it has been difficult. Yeah, okay, that's that's really cool. Yeah. So um there's this fine line between product design and UI mm-hmm. UX design. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of people tend to confuse yeah. the both of them. Yeah. Me included. So what would you say is like the difference between these two? All right. So like, most times when people say UI UX design, they are indirectly referring to product design. But basically, the term UI UX design is a wrong term, right? Designers do not like to hear that word. Okay. To proper designers, there's nothing like UI UX design. It's either you're a user interface designer, or you're a user experience designer, or you're a visual designer, you know, or you're an information architect, stuff like that. But then you being a product designer means you can do all those things. So a product designer is like a multidisciplinary role. You know, you're expected to be able to do UX research well enough. You're expected to be able to do interface design well enough. You're expected to be able to cater for usability well enough. And to some extent, you're expected to understand how what you're designing will work technology-wise. Right, so like that's that's really where the difference is. Yeah. So as a product designer, you're concerned with designing the product, ensuring that the product works, ensuring that the product is pleasing to the users, ensuring that the product is accessible. About accessible, meaning that a lot more people can use it. They're searching for people with disabilities, that have color blindness, people that can't see, you know, stuff like that, right? And ensuring that whatever you're designing is in alignment with business goals of that product okay, okay that's really cool so this brings me to my next question yeah, so there's this trend of people they're mostly always thinking that mm-hmm. oh, design is just all about the aesthetics but mm-hmm. that designers 
even do more than that, that your work is so tricky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that funny, funny thought. So can you tell us that design is... Not yeah, of course. Like, I, like I, I think I've been saying that all through this interview. Design is not just about aesthetics. Please, if you have that notion in your head that design is just about how it looks, please take it off. So a lot of people do not understand that design is way more important. Let's not even say it is how it looks. How it looks eh, is way more important to the end user than the code that was used to write it. The end user does not care about whether you use Python or whether you use JavaScript to write your code. He doesn't even know what that is. Does it look good? Can I use it to do what I want it to do? That's the main point. Does it work the way users expect it to work? Apart from it being functional, do users enjoy using your app? You understand? A very good example would be using the Windows command line and using the normal graphical interface. So power users will tell you that the command line is faster, blah, 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 blah. Now, in that situation, the command line is functional. For, for someone that is just a basic user, let's say a 50-year-old mom, okay. a 50-year-old mom wants to navigate to where her movies are. You don't expect us to be pressing LS, movies slash, She's going to where our movies are, right? <laughs> she wants to click on stuff to get out to where she is. Now, that's where designers think of the problem. Now, it is functional. And then, it is also aesthetically pleasing while she's doing it. And it's also accessible because with something like the interface now, a lot more people can do stuff as compared to you having to learn specific um, terminologies to be able to use the command line. Do you understand my point, Ayomide, and other people that are listening to this? So, please, to those of you that think design is just about eyelids, and I know some of you that are listening to this, you have that mindset. And pray it away. I want to turn your behalf that such mindset moves away from your head. Design is not just about eyelids, <laughs> guys. A very, very good example would be the way Zoom has now become the go-to video conferencing platform. Years back, if it was not Skype, it, it yeah. was nothing. There was literally a time I would Skype you. But a lot more people gravitated to using Zoom. Why? Because Zoom has an easier experience. I prefer Google Meet, by the way. But a lot more people like Zoom because Zoom has a very, very easy experience. Put in your meeting ID, enter the meeting. I think Google Meet experience is still better because you just need to click a link to join the meeting, right? As opposed to you have to call the person. At the end, then, what users care about, whatever yes. I want to use, is it going to work the way I want it to work? And is it going to work stress-free. I don't want anything to stress me. That's what users will tell you. I've conducted a lot of interviews, at least over 200 user interviews, and whatever users will say, I hope this app will not stress me. That's the way they say it. Because users want to be able to use something and just use it without too much cognitive load. They don't have to think about it. I'll see, for example, the way we got on this podcast, it just sent me a link, and I had to join the link. All that's about design. So design is not, it's not only the way it looks. Design is the experience for users being the way it looks is functionality, accessibility, and is the experience enjoyable, really usable. I guess that's right. And if after all this, I have said, you still believe design is the way it looks, God will help you. Amen. Okay, so um, from what I understand about um, Zone Tech Park, yeah. that's the workforce group. Um, it's a company that develops products yeah. for clients, yeah. And so that can be pretty challenging. And as a product manager and a people have worked with a client that say their product innovation was not so fair. And how did you like how did that affect yeah. your productivity yeah. and your team's productivity? Yeah, yeah. So, like, so that. stuff like that, yeah, is bound to happen. No matter how you want to safeguard against it. Right. Because there are a lot of things that influence the product vision from product owners. You might have signed up on the product document and then the product owners, maybe they're just passing third mail and bridge and they saw an ad. Ah, I think my app should be able to do this. And then they call you and like, can you add this to this? So to prevent stuff like that happening here, the first thing you have to do, I tell everybody this every time, what is the scope? If you don't have your product requirement scope, then we most likely need us to help you flesh it out. And we do that too. We also help people flesh out their product requirements scope, right? So once Popa has been signed off on, right, the agreement says that all the things listed in this document have been agreed on to be built by both the team 
and the product owner. You understand? So any other thing, maybe you people want a version two or whatever to come in version two, mm-hmm. but we will not add it. And if you're like, okay, 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 we have to add it, right? Because sometimes they, they need to be trade off, right? So if it's something that you you are aware that as a product manager, yeah, you know that if it won't really take your same time to build it, then it won't, it won't stress them that well. You can negotiate and say, okay, we'll add it for you. But if it's something that is going to be brain wrecking, you know, time consuming for your team, please just tell them that you put it in the icebox or something, you know, negotiate for it to be included in the second phase, not in the phase you are working on the moment. Because it takes a lot for people in general, not even being developers now, to be working on something and then all of a sudden someone tells them that, ah, we have to change it. I mean, it's, it's actually quite upsetting. It's like saying, for instance, now you're already making Amala. Amala that is stressful to make. I can't make Amala by day. And someone just comes in, ah, no, 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 no. We don't want Amala anymore. Why are you almost done? We want you to make pounded jam out for food this time around. So like, stuff like that, yeah, it's the product manager's job to be able to negotiate for the team and say, can't do this now because of this and this. And let the product owner see the reason. Because if they don't see the reason, they'll still be telling you that you have to do it. You have to like be able to defend yourself. <laughs> and that's why I ask tell people that are interested in product management, please understand the technology. It is important. Because you might think that they might be asking you to just add one more layer to the login thing, and then they are saying, ah, you know, just add one more field. But you don't know what's going on at the back end. You don't know the way it was written, right? And then you go and agree on stuff like that. And then you go and tell your devs, and you don't even look at yourself, yourself, you know that, ah, I have entered it. <laughs> Once you have told product owners, yes, there's no no again. If yes, they yes, if they don't yes, no. You have agreed to it already. That way now you are, you are putting yourself under stress. And putting your team under stress. So it's very important that whenever a product scope is going to be changing, the first thing to do is you have to place limitations to prevent stuff like that from happening in the first instance. So the limitations being getting people to sign up on the scope, putting arguments in place, setting milestones before someone just comes in and says, I don't want Ferrari anymore, it's Lamborghini I want. <laughs> and if it's in a situation where they are stubborn, hmm, yeah. it's to put to God, but God will change their heart. God is softening their heart like fresh bread. <laughs> that was pretty interesting. I like really excited. Yeah. Um, so, um, Harry, I do understand that you know, working these two roles mm-hmm. can be very challenging and can be pretty overwhelming. Yeah, um, yeah. So how do you like stay motivated? And have there been times when you're like, showing no, I'm no more doing like this is not for me. Oh, of course, of course. I want to go away. Of course. I, I think, I think I felt that I felt that two weeks ago. <laughs> so um I think one of the reasons why I've been able to shuffle between doing both roles is that start with it. Both roles are something that I really enjoy doing. It's something I have passion for. It's something I am really interested in. It's, it's not like I say I I happen on, on the road or they threw the role at me. It's something I, I walked into. I wasn't forced to do it. I chose to do it. So being a product designer, I don't think I can get tired of being a product designer or being a product manager because it is very, very exciting stuff. And it's stuff I enjoy. Uh, I really enjoy doing it. So as, as it is now, right now, yeah, I am actively a product manager on Modition, my product. And I'm actively a product designer on another product I work. So sometimes, yeah, it clashes, like that's where prioritization, time management, and all those things now start to come into place for me. So basically, I am now managing myself. I am product managing myself, for myself being the product. <laughs> you understand? So my inability to cope, right, will also reflect on me as a product manager. Like if you cannot manage yourself, so how can you manage other people and technology products? You understand? I mean, there have been moments like that, but I, I just remind myself why I am doing it. And why I'm doing it is to create experiences that are usable for the users and also enjoyable for people. I guess I guess my vision for myself is because it puts me on track and keeps me in place. But it can be crazy. But it's, it's just important for people that whenever we face challenging times, we, we try to remember why we are doing what we are doing. We always want to know the main reason why you're doing stuff. So once you know that main reason, and it's a reason that aligns with your values and all that, 
you you get back on track. And sometimes it's just good to rest and take a break. Yes, so far so good. How has like the whole you know? Uh, oh, coronavirus. The whole coronavirus. The whole quarantine, how's it been? How you okay, know? What, what has changed? So, so the, the, the crazy thing about this lockdown is that if you are in tech, lockdown or no lockdown, work still continues. So, I think I've spent 95% of this pandemic working from home. And 95% being that my office opened for physical resumption last week. But then they waited us to come in twice a week. I've been more productive, funny enough, and I've worked longer hours. I've been here ah, nobody, that, to be honest. No, no, nobody mentioned the working longer hours. Ah, nobody mentioned that. So this is basically how my day goes during lockdown. Yeah, work starts by eight a.m. I set my alarm for seven twenty. I wake up, do devotion because I have to pray to God. Learn German for about fifteen minutes on Duolingo. Eat mangoes in the morning and. Open my laptop. So I created like a workspace for myself in my room, right? So it's from my bed to my workspace. Once I am on my office chair, like I like to call it, my precious, it is very difficult for me to stand up, especially on to take toilet breaks or if I want to eat, or if I need to pick up something. So you found out that the end of spending 12 hours, 8 to 8 most times, sometimes 8 to 9, with maybe like 2 hour breaks or 1 hour breaks. As compared to if you are going to the office, right, there is traffic, number one. Because you have to factor in commuting time, you have to factor in distractions at the office, arguments can come up, people can start discussing football, and then you have to join in, because I watch football a lot, so there's a variety that an argument comes up regarding football, I'm going to join, right? But at home, it's literally yourself, your earphones, your laptop, your monitor, if you have one, and your internet. So work has been more structured. The majority of my colleagues, if not all of them, have been more productive working from home. Okay. So um what would you describe your growth journey as? Ah, my growth journey. So my growth journey has been basically been exponential. It has been uh it's been mad for me. Starting out as someone that just learned HTML and CSS just to learn it, so it not be like as if I don't know what's going on when I was in the school. So someone that got really into front-end development, pivoted into design, started out with graphic design, went into UI UX coding, came out as a product designer, and then transitioned into hybrid. That's what they call me at work, the hybrid, because I do both product management and product design. <laughs> you know, so it's been really, really great. It's been upward, upward, upward. I don't see myself slowing down anytime soon. It's been really good. There have really been no setbacks so far. And I hope that there will be no setbacks. I mean, even if there will be setbacks, I should be able to take care of it. The only thing that I really want to be moving with the growth is, I think my salary should be moving faster than I am moving in terms of skills. You know, you know what I mean, you know, you know, you know now, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it probably should be any like, um, say one, one month to like one point five. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yes. I see myself any stuff like that. But right now, that's not the case for. Very soon, sure. By God's grace, you know, I'll be there. So, if you were not working this role, what do you think you'd be doing if you were not working this role? So, do you mean like working this role, being a pro manager, being a program designer, or tech at all? Both. Like, if you were not working as a as either a PM or a product designer, what would you be doing? I'll most likely be a front-end developer. Well, outside tech. I think when I was younger, I wanted to be an aeronautic engineer. I was really, really fascinated with airplanes. And I see am. If I didn't enter computer science at all, I'll most likely still be studying, you know, to be an aeronautic engineer. Or maybe I'll just be finishing it. Okay. So, can you, like, give a brief insight into how working in the Nigerian tech is has been for you. What you so, have to say the Nigerian Ah, oh. <laughs> so let's see. So the Nigerian texting is it's pretty exciting, you know. It is growing every day. New things are coming up. New market entrance. But right now, I think the Nigerian texting is basically dominated by the fintech guys. I'm both tired of all this. You wake up, there's a fintech. It's like, a fintech product. You sleep, you wake up, there's another fintech product. 
you know, and it, and it's crazy because they're all coming up with different things. You know, I can mention like ten fintech yeah. products. Easily, like easily. I think I think anybody in Nigerian tech thing should be able to do that easily, like no stress whatsoever. Because you know, there are usually the popular companies out there. They are the ones getting most of the investment and all that. They all claim to want to create financial inclusion for the Nigerian mm-hmm. society, right? And that is great. So I think they have done more good than bad shots. I feel like, for me, I just feel like yeah. they keep catering to the same yeah. set of yeah. people, to the same set of yeah. demographic. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. That's true. The people that need to be banned are the people that are not technological uh, savvy. Uh, so most of them are still banking people that are, that understand tech. You need to bank grandmothers in the villages. People like that, not people that most likely own a smartphone. At Laughing One Market in Adopita, does not know anything about how to maybe conveniently and easily operate a smartphone or does not even see a reason why she should take money to use to buy data and then use that data to download your app. Why? Yeah. So, what do you say to people? that you know are looking to start out with product design and product management how would you advise them to start it okay so to start with here there's a number of people that i have helped start along the line and my first thing is i always ask them if they understand what they're about to get into so first question is what's your understanding of product design so if it's product management what's your understanding what do you understand by that so from their response, you can kind of gauge if this person really understands what they're about to get into. So after like the response is satisfactory and it's something that they really want to do, you know, for design, I always walk people through understanding the basics of design. Not even using tools, though. I'm not talking about using tools like Figma or Adobe XD or whatever, but understanding design itself, understanding basic principles, principles of balance, proximity, gestalt theory, all those kind of things, you know. And unfortunately for some people, it requires a lot of reading because they are trying to tap into the way people think. So if you are interested in being a product designer, you need to understand how people think and how they react to several things. So that's the stuff I advise. I, I try to put them on. Then after that phase, right, we start to get into doing proper design, like building products, you know, giving them small, small tasks. Most times I come up with imaginary groups. I am a someone that wants to run a podcast for a podcast company. Build an app that allows us to connect people with our podcast channel and you know, stuff like that. Very, very vague briefs like that, just to challenge them to think and see how they come up with stuff, you understand? So then after that, I usually do like weekly challenges. So what I do is I send them lessons, you know, there's always a challenge at the end of the lesson to gauge what they have learned. And then we review the lessons together. I give them feedback. We move on to the next challenge and all that. I encourage people to read a lot. Consume a lot of content. Good content, by the way. Feed your eyes. As a designer, you need to see stuff. Look at apps. Look at other people's design. Try to understand why they use what they use. Sometimes, if I even tell people, copy. Especially, especially when you want to build your interface design skills, try to replicate designs you see on platforms like Dribble, Beyond, Instagram, you know. Fortunately, right, we're like, we're like in a world where people share things easily, right? Try to like, um, go to your favorite app, you know. Try to critique it. What do you like about it? What don't you like about it? How can it be improved? What, what do you think should have been done better? Stuff like that. Because design is a lot of critical thinking. The more you can think, the better you are as a designer, basically. Challenge yourself. You get yourself thinking. Consume content, good content, visual content, readable content, and all that. I think that covers it. What do you think? I think, I think that does it too. Because even as um, individuals, basically, we should actually learn to consume really good content. You know, the internet, I'm always trying to consume as much content as I possibly can. So, yeah, consuming content. Um, I feel like give like resources, maybe three to five resources that have actually helped you. Okay, there are resources. Yeah, plenty of resources. So, um, like I said, I read a lot, right? So I read a lot of design publications, blogs or medium. UX Collective, basically, mostly blog. There is stuff from Shopify's design blog. 
I reached off from Airbnb design, Uber's design, Facebook design. Basically, um, design leaders, I read a lot of their content. I paid for a course on IDF. IDF is International Design Foundation. They have very, very good courses. But basically, I read a lot of medium posts, read case studies of people. A case study is like a detailed, expi- a detailed explanation of the process behind the design decisions someone took. So I read stuff like that. I also watch um live design videos, people designing stuff just to understand their workflow. And then I follow newsletters to keep me updated. Okay, that's awesome. Awesome. Anyways, uh, cats or dogs? Dogs, now. I'm a dog person. Everybody, anybody that knows me knows that I'm a dog person. So if you were a type of food, what type of food would you eat? Bread and beans. Bread and beans. Bread and beans. I eat bread and beans a lot. Like... You know what's up. Yeah, bread and beans. <laughs> you know what's up. Bread and beans. There's no, there's, there's no, there's no two ways about it. That's, that's the one why I had for breakfast today. Bread and beans is just like it's over. There's no, there's no, there's no other conversation. All the other, all the other meals just left to be cooked. Bread and beans. Bread and beans. Yeah. <laughs> so one question that you know you'd have liked me to ask, but I didn't ask. I would say, what question? I think you asked most of the questions. I think, um, question about what should people's expectations be getting into tech or even starting a job or looking for a job? Okay. Expectations be when they start out it. Yeah, exactly. So I tend to tell people something that we should always try to gauge ourselves, to gauge yourself, gauge your skill, compare your skill to other people in that market. No one is comparing your expected salary with someone that works in the US. I mean, we are different economies. Compare your expected salary with respect to your skill in the same economy that you are in. So, for example, now, um, I was having a conversation with one of the people that I, I helped um, learn how to design and all that. And then she was telling me that she had an interview and everything went well and all that. And then when they sent in the offer, that she was not happy with the offer that she was expecting. 500k upwards and in my mind I was like oh, okay okay three months just no professional experience in design whatsoever and she was expecting 500 grand that's like 1,300 dollars in Nigeria per month no experience ah without any experience. without any experience you know and, and and it seems like a lot of people have that kind of mindset they believe that tech is this big money. There's a lot of money. Ah, they used to pay them. You know, tech boys used to tech boys used to flex. Tech boys, you know, move around with MacBook, AirPods, iPhone, all those kind of things. Like, so they always have that expectation that tech is pays a lot of money. Fine, tech pays a lot of money, but pays money respects to your skill. You want to get paid more? Learn to be better at what you do. Learn to stand out at what you do. Then you can start to command salaries and all that. But it's very, very important to prioritize the growth. Right? I'm not saying don't collect jobs with shitty salaries, but please, man has to survive and all that. Don't collect jobs with shitty salaries. It's, it's prioritize expansion, right? Expansion with regards to knowledge, with regards to experience, and with regards to skill. We should prioritize expand, expansion rather than prioritize remuneration. That's just my advice to people. I honestly think that this is actually respective to growth. Yeah, I have, I have a question for you. I have a question for you. I have a question for you. I wanted to ask you, how is this podcasting coming along? Because I mean, I don't think I can do this. Thing. Like, it takes it takes a lot of strength to, you know, looking for people to interview, you know, getting the right people. I mean, it's crazy, it's crazy, it's crazy. So how has growth for you? Because I, I I knew when you started here, yeah, and I can't I can't see the growth. I can see the growth here, yeah. but from your from your from your from your own from your own view, how has growth been for you? I'm not going to lie; it has been very 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 challenging as a podcaster. Yeah, I have like a list of like content ideas that I keep adding to, but for some weird reasons, when it's time for me to record, I just don't get inspirations to work on the podcast topics or gist that I have listed down. 
and I'm always looking mm-hmm. for something that will, you know, excite me and, you know, just charge me up. I want to be out there. And to be honest, I just consume a lot of other podcast related content. I look at other podcasters and I see how they do their thing. And, you know, I take from that and I had to my home and, you know, we put Maggie salt and Disney and we make yeah. beautiful content. But uh i'm not going to lie that it has been it's not a smooth path it has been quite challenging but in all it has been exciting because i enjoy it and honestly i feel like podcasting in nigeria isn't so big and it has just been insightful for me really because um because about the beginning of this month i got like a podcast speech this person i wanted to like come on here and you know talk to everybody and and i was was very excited i was stoked i was like oh my gosh so people are listening i was like people are actually listening this is yeah this is real real. so i (laughs) to me like this i feel like okay yes i think i'm on the right path i think i'm doing what's right and all of that and i hope to make more content like to put out more podcasts and like all of that so more dope content <laughs> thank you so much for coming on to this podcast i really 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 appreciate that yeah 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 so do you have any song that you want us to jump to like you know just put it up there yeah i actually do this is by king sonia day appreciation by king sonia day appreciation by king sonia day appreciation Exactly, oh, you, know, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, <laughs> you know. Yes, down that song. It's a, it's a banger. Like they, we actually need to jam it. Okay, thank you very, very yeah. much. I really do appreciate. It. And guys, yeah. we come to the end of this episode. If you really did Ooh. enjoy this, please leave your feedback for me. Okay, don't forget to subscribe, give a five star review. And keep listening. I know you people binge listen to my shows. Okay, you people should just you know click on the next episode and listen. I don't know. You people, you gotta like you know appreciate. <laughs> Anyways, okay, guys. Um, that's all for today. Bye. I love you guys. Appreciation. Modupe. Oni buore baba bo pen